The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PricePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thursday night football action, already NFL Week 11. And joining me, as usual, on these Wednesday slash Thursday podcast, the host of the Fantasy Football Podcast and contributor, frequent contributor for the SportsGamblingPodcast.com website. It's Rod Via Gomez. Rod, how are you doing today, sir? Good to be back in the seat, Moonoff. Good to be back in the seat talking some prop cast with you. It's uh, yeah, last week was was crazy to not be on, but uh, I'm ready and willing to to do this again. Let's go. By means not, Rod was not on vacation. We were talking <laughs> offline. He was not on vacation. I think felt like he was more busy uh, doing uh, things uh, off the mic than on the mic. But yeah, definitely uh, glad to have you back, uh, Rod. Uh, we're gonna switch it up here a little bit uh, today, guys. Um, I mean, we'll keep the same format. We're going to talk about the Thursday night player props, but I thought this was a good time uh, to start getting into some of these uh, award markets for the NFL. We're a little past uh, the halfway point for the uh, NFL season now, NFL Week 11. Teams are starting to wrap up their bye weeks. You know, so a few teams still have bye weeks left. Um, and I said, Rod, man, I know this is a uh, it's a game that we're kind of struggling finding finding player props just because a lot of injuries uh, for both sides of these teams, uh, both on offense and defense for both teams. So I was like, you know, let, let's, I want to start digging into some of these markets um, as we wind down the season here. And I said, Hey, let's get into offensive rookie of the year um, for the NFL. And he was uh, right on board with it. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk about offensive rookie of the year. And then we'll obviously get into the Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Falcons. But first, um, Rod, let's kind of dive into this uh, offensive rookie of the year market. And you know, when the season started, obviously a lot of times, mostly the quarterbacks are the odds-on favorites to win this award. But um, as the season has kind of progressed here, uh, we have a new favorite. But you know, going back to the beginning of the season, we were seeing guys like um, Justin Field and Trevor Lawrence and Najee Harris and Zach Wilson were kind of the overwhelming favorites. 
um, things have kind of changed. I guess we have progressed through the season here, but I guess before we dive into where we currently are, did you have a fate or a, a guy that you thought would have won this award when this, before the season started? I probably would have leaned toward Trevor Lawrence, but not for the reasons that you think. And I, and I have a feel because when it, the season first started, it seemed like he was going to do better things. I mean, I know the team around him still was horrible, but we've seen rookie quarterbacks every once in a while come through and do it. And with all the hype that surrounded Trevor and all of the fanfare, you, you would just think that maybe, just maybe, he would eke out some sort of. Uh, rookie of the year performance uh, because again, he would have had to beat out Justin Fields who wasn't probably going to start right. Trey Lance who probably wasn't going to start Mac Jones, who was on a new England team that was just absolutely dismantled. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like his competition was not necessarily all that hard, right. uh, but of course, as the season progresses, Jaguars are going to Jaguar and there's been some guys that have stepped up. So uh, yeah, my Trevor Lawrence pick would have been, up in flames at that point. Yeah, I, I think that the one point that you just brought up, which is I think fantastic, and it was when I was diving into these these betting markets before the season started, is you know, yeah, you said that you know, and not just you, like everybody was on the Trevor Lawrence train. You know, I was a little bit on it, but I think the red flag for me really was was that the coach that they brought into at, in Jacksonville, right, with Urban Meyer, and I just felt like a rookie head coach a rookie quarterback, like it's not going to mesh well, especially a guy like Urban Meyer who doesn't have that professional level coaching experience, you know, coaching on Saturdays versus coaching on Sundays. It's a, it's a completely different uh, dynamic. And I think that was one thing that kind of gave me pause. I think another guy that we kind of uh, was a favorite was Najee Harris. And I, I had a little bit of pause on him also, just because there was so much offensive line turnover for the Pittsburgh Steelers that I didn't think that he would have enough yardage or have enough success running the ball for um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's down to 10 to one right now. And I'll get to the current markets uh, in a little bit, but I, I think you hit the point and I know you're the Niners fan. I, I, did you, was there a point at the beginning of the season that you thought that Trey Lance would come in and take over as a starting quarterback for the 49ers? Not even a little. I, I, I went on record early on saying that this was not the season to bring him in. Uh, we've made the mistake with rookie quarterbacks before. I mean, yeah. Alex Smith was he probably should have held a clipboard for at least one year for longevity's sake. Like, I know he's talented. I know that he did well later on down the road. But boy, could you imagine what one more year of actually just learning and, and becoming a, an NFL quarterback the right way, I think, yeah. would have done Alex Smith? I mean, I feel like the Niners could have held on to Smith a lot longer um, if that were the case. And so... I didn't think Trey Lance was going to start. I, I really thought Jimmy Garoppolo is exactly the way it played out. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo was going to be the man for the last year of his contract. And then they'll hand it off to fields and see what we got. I, I think, the, I mean, Lance Fields. Yeah. I wanted fields. Yeah. yeah. I think that Kansas city chiefs did a similar thing by holding Patrick Mahomes out for a year. If I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And I, and I mean, to t I mean, we're not saying that the year off made what Patrick Mahomes is right now. I mean, what the best quarterback in the league we can say. Um, but I think there is, I think you're spot on is that there's something about having a quarterback sit out a full season. I mean, yeah, you could throw him in, in garbage time and just to get him. you know, if you're down by four touchdowns or you're up by four touchdowns, yeah, sure. 
get him out there, get him some reps. But for him, to, for quarterbacks to start games, I think that it's very difficult, especially with Trey Lance, because he came from what FCS uh, versus, you know, being in the SEC or, or a big conference in, in college. But I, I think that the Niners are doing it right, man. I really do, because, you know, if you have certain packages, especially an offensive scheme of what Kyle Shanahan likes to drop up, if there's places that he can utilize Trey Lance, we've seen it that he's brought him in. And it's worked, but having him hold a clipboard, listen to the play calling, watch it develop on the field, I think that goes a long way between ha- being thrown out your first year or having that that success, um, you know, in your second year and for longevity purposes, like you mentioned. Yeah, and you look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was Aaron Rodgers versus Alex Smith. Like the yeah. maturation of both of them. You, I mean, Alex Smith, injury aside, could probably have still played had he had the same sort of upbringing that Aaron Rodgers did. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers sat and watched. He didn't like it. He hated it. He Mm -hmm. wanted to play. He he was a competitor. He knew that. But look where he's at. He's still playing to this day, and he's still productive to this day. So I'm not sure why more NFL teams don't recognize that. I mean, they they throw these rookie quarterbacks in and say, you're the future now. And, and they've never taken a snap and they put all their faith in them. And we've seen time and time again, that the, the rare instances that you get the Aaron Rodgers uh, or the Patrick Mahomes, those are rare. And even then they still sat out. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it is. A, it's a very difficult situation, especially because in NFL, because your quarterback position is the most important position, right? And now everybody needs to have that one quarterback in your, uh, on your team to just, lead you to Super Bowl or at least lead you to the playoffs and, and be better than you were the, the season before. So it, it's tough. Um, going to the current markets now, uh, Rod, there's odds on favorite right now that's not a quarterback, and that's Jamar Chase. And I kind of want to get into Jamar Chase here a little bit because I think, for one, at the beginning of the season when the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase, I thought that they should have gone offensive line especially with a quarterback coming off a devastating injury, but they they paired him up with Joe Burrow, uh, that LSU connection. Early on, I think in the preseason and training camps, we were hearing that Jamar Chase was dropping a lot of footballs, that you know he wasn't able to make catches. Here we are, week 10, week, uh, yeah, week 9, week 10 into the NFL season, going into week 11. Jamar Chase is now the plus 110 favorite. Um, thoughts on Jamar Chase here, man? I know you're more of uh, the guy with fantasy football, at least purposes, you know, have more information about players like Jamar Chase and, and just overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody wanted the one of the Bengals to, to protect Joe Burrow, but I think um, they got a happy surprise in oh, yeah. in uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, that, obviously you can't deny it. He's well on his way to a thousand yard season already uh, in his rookie year. The guy's got seven touchdowns. I mean, he's done nothing short of just absolutely produce in this offense. Um, and even last week, he only had 49 yards, but he had six catches. I mean, in a PPR you know, that's, that's at least 10 points. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even in weeks where he doesn't produce, he still does something. Um, week eight against the jets. He had a touchdown right on three catches, Yep. 201 yards against Baltimore. So, you know, 159 against green Bay, the guy is good. And, and I think we're watching, I don't want to go too far into it and say it's a, a generational player, but, but I mean, we've seen rookie breakouts uh, and this is another one of them, right? I mean, it, we're enjoying a, a very heavy Jamar Chase season. Um, he's going to break a thousand yards. That's just, that's, that goes without saying he may even break um, 1200 at this point. So 
uh, whatever props you had at the beginning of the season on Jamar Chase's uh, yardage totals, that, that's probably, hopefully you hit the over. Um, yeah. But there's a reason why he's the favorite. I mean, again, he is he looks the best out of all the rookies that are out there right now. He's performing the best. And I think he's in the best situation to continue to thrive uh, in that Bengals offense who absolutely love to, to use him. I mean, 10 targets in week seven, nine in week eight, 13. I mean, Burrow's looking for him. <laughs> yeah. He certainly is. I mean, 73 total targets so far through nine games for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, receiver, Jamar Chase, first round pick. So fast forwarding, uh, Rod, if we, you know, right now, like I said, Jamar Chase is the odds on favorite to win this award. Right on his tail is Mac Jones at plus 125, followed by Najee Harris around 10 to 1. And then after that, it's a significant drop off to Devontae Smith, 35 to 1, Trevor Lawrence, 35 to 1, Javante Williams, 35 to 1, Pitts, 35 to 1, Justin Field and Trey Lance, 40 to 1 and 50 to 1. I don't think anybody outside of after I think those three, the favorites I mentioned, I think have a chance to win this. But if you had to pick between those three guys right now, uh, Rod, who are you going with? So, I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is probably the safe bet. I mean, you're going to probably throw that on there. But I, I'm more interested in this Najee Harris. I mean, he is 10 to 1. And look, the Steelers have used him. And they have totally adopted the Najee Harris, uh, I guess, uh, role. Because the guy yeah. continues to get over 20 carries a game, especially uh, since week five on. They've given him the ball, right? And he's he's done well with it as, as he's uh, carried. 122 against Denver, 81 against Seattle, a tough Seattle, uh, 91 against Cleveland, 105 last week against the Lions, and he's scored. You know, he's got yeah. four touchdowns. He doesn't have the seven that, that Jamar does, um, but he's also on his way to a 1,000-yard season as a running back, which is tougher, uh, I think, as a running back than as a receiver. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, again, he's been valuable to his team, and I think he's really shown that in a very tough situation because Jamar Chase went to the, the Bengals. You know, yeah. a little bit, little bit easier than the Pittsburgh Steelers with a dismantled O line and with right. an aging Ben Roethlisberger. Like his situation's tougher than Jamar Chase's is, and the road to success for Najee Harris is a little bit more uh, filled with obstacles than yeah. was Jamar Chase. And I think Najee's making the best out of a bad situation. Um, double digit fantasy points in a PPR in all but his first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't argue with the production, and if he does top at least 1100 yards this season and, and maybe three or four more touchdowns. I think that's a, you, you can put him safely in the conversation with Jamar chase as far as rookie of the year. Uh, let's not also forget. He has 317 receiving yards on the season. Also that puts him by real close to 1000 scrimmage yards, at least for the season so far. And like you mentioned four touch, four receiving touch, sorry, four rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. So he has, Six total touchdown. He's he's one touchdown behind Jamar Chase. And again, the utilization and the snap counts for Najee Harris are through the roof, right? I mean, this guy had a game where he had 14 receptions for 102 yards. And then last week against the Lions, 105. And like you mentioned, 122 against the Broncos. So um, 10 to 1, I think that's pretty great value there. For me, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sound as as unbiased as I can because I already do have a ticket on him at 14 to one, and that is Mac Jones uh, right now, who is plus 125 uh, for the New England Patriots. And look, we talk about Mac Jones. You know, we've seen that a lot of these quarterbacks that have come out of Alabama don't really have that success in the NFL and at the NFL level, right? I mean, we've seen. 
we we have three quarterbacks this season that started or are starting as Alabama quarterbacks in the national level with Mac Jones, Tua when he's healthy, and then uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. And we we talk about you know Mac Jones and what he's been able to do so far this season. And the numbers look pretty great for him. And 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 again, he's at, he's at twenty three hundred passing yards so far this season. He has thirteen touchdowns. He has uh, only seven interceptions. Um, I, and again, his QBR right now is at fifty one point one. He's number four right now in the entire National Football League among uh, qualifying quarterbacks in uh, in completion uh, percentage at number four. He's just a hair behind uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And right now, for this this Patriots team to be six and four, they're they're right at, on the heels of the buffalo bills for that division i feel like and again i'm trying to be as unbiased as i can is that if the if the patriots find a way to either win 10 games or get into the playoffs as a wild card team i think that's going to be very difficult to ignore mac jones for this award just because the last year when they had cam newton there and the fall off from tom brady mac jones coming into this team in 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 week one or even in training camp, just stole the job from Cam Newton. And I think he's done a fantastic job so far, you know, leading this Patriots team over his last four weeks. I think he has a six to one interception, uh, sorry, touchdown interception ratio. So I know it's at plus 125, but I think that, you know, from me, those three guys, I mean, from those three guys, I think Mac Jones stands out for me. So from everything we said about rookie quarterbacks taking over and needing time to mature, you could throw all that out the window because (laughs) Mac Jones Jones basically sets that on its heel, but even still, he is still learning as well. Um, You know, you talk about those seven interceptions, three of those came against New Orleans and that was a really rough game for him, Mm -hmm. but he still threw for 270 yards, right? I mean, he completed 30 passes on 51 attempts. Uh, They ended up losing, but again, since then he hasn't thrown more than one interception uh, for the whole rest of the season. So, you know, Mac Jones obviously is picking up what Bill Belichick is putting down. Uh, you know, what everybody in that Patriots team really needed was was an actual leader. Um, and for whatever it is, look, I know Cam Newton is back in, in Carolina, but I don't think he was the type of leader that uh, Belichick and that Patriots team was looking for because yeah. um, they just lost Tom Brady. And Tom right. Brady obviously is not Cam Newton. Right. I mean, the, the personalities <laughs> yeah. are completely different. Yeah. The, the leadership styles are completely different. I think they needed somebody more like Tom Brady. And that's what Mac Jones is. Yeah. So he fits right in. And I think you're right as far as um, if somebody does kind of grab this from Jamar Chase, uh, Mac Jones could make a case, especially now when we first pitched this, uh, Munaf, you said you wanted coach of the year. Uh, and I was going to pick Belichick because the very reason that if the, the Patriots do end up making the playoffs, that's a huge turnaround. It from is. last yeah. season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that's something that uh, Belichick knew what the the um, personality of the team was, knew what the the nature of the team was, and addressed it. And the the results are there. I mean, they're still above five hundred on a yeah. team that couldn't buy a win last year. Listen, if they find a way, and then we'll get into Thursday night game here in a little bit. I think it's a great uh, transition. Also, is that if they find a way to win tomorrow night, they are a seven point favorite. All of a sudden, they're seven and four with about what. Uh, seven, six games left, and they have some opponents at that tail end of the year. 
I think they play the uh, the Dolphins, and I think they play Jacksonville. So I think we can take on two more wins from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they find a way to find one more within those next six weeks, and they get to ten wins, I think it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, not make a case for both Bill Belichick and Mac Jones to win respective awards uh, for themselves. But um, I mean, I, I, we can't just talk about a, a, a at this point giving out a plus one twenty five, you know award show when you still have or an award a bet when you still have seven weeks left uh in the season but i agree with you i think that if you're kind of looking for value i think that Najee harris right now at 10 to 1 statistically match is matching up with jamar chase um he's close to a thousand scrimmage yards he's only one touchdown behind and again if pittsburgh finds a way to get into the playoffs um i think that's something that award or the people that vote for these awards are gonna look at and say hey Najee harris contributed in a big way for the Steelers to make the playoffs. I think that if the Bengals miss the playoffs, I don't think Jamar Chase, unless he goes off here in the second half of the season, gets 1,200, 1,300 receiving yards and maybe like 12 touchdowns, I think then at that point he would. But I really think that Mac Jones and Najee Harris are those two guys. And I might just you know put a little bit down on Najee Harris to kind of hedge my Mac Jones bet. That I mean, I would do that, absolutely. Because again, Najee Harris is sort of a return to what the Pittsburgh Steelers look for in a running back. So uh, I think you're, you're getting back to, to bare bones and he's going to be there for the long haul. So, you know, you might as well get used to Najee Harris and in uh, black and gold. Yeah. And just to wrap it up here. I mean, I think that one point that you did bring up right now, when we talked about Mac Jones is that these young quarterbacks need to have the proper coaching. And I think that Mac Jones is in that perfect situation where he has a very great offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels, one of the greatest all-time, if not the greatest all-time head coach in Bill Belichick. And we look at some of these other rookie quarterbacks that have come in, Zach Wilson with a first-year head coach in Robert Sala, uh, Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer. So it's a nine-day difference between the situation that Mac Jones is in versus the situation that Zach Wilson uh, is in and then what Trevor Lawrence is in. So I think that those are sometimes a difference that can, you know, I know it's their first years, but really can be the difference between being a great quarterback longevity wise. And then, you know, quarterbacks that are still finding their ways with some of these young and first year head coaches. So Matt Nagy uh, and Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's another example. I think that, I think that Justin Fields. I feel like he has more, obviously it's his first year, but a lot more upside to go with proper coaching. And I think that there's been a lot of slander that Ohio state quarterbacks just don't translate to the the professional level, but I think for Justin Fields, it's going to be more about getting that proper coaching and getting more reps if he's going to be successful in Chicago. Uh, any other final thoughts uh, for this rookie of the year or maybe any other rookies you want to touch on, Rod? No, I just think it'll be fun. I think it's going to be fun to watch Rashad Bateman come into his own too. I mean, I know he's like yeah. a way outfit, but he's not going to catch Jamar Chase. But Rashad Bateman, you know, fun to watch so far. And I think he's going to get more fun as the season progresses. Yeah, I think uh, another guy that I probably wanted to see that was if you could, if he could have stayed healthy was probably Kadarius Tony because I think this guy has so much talent, so many different things that he can do for that Giants wide receiving group. But he's been, you know, him and Bateman have been the two guys that have been really hurt by injuries. Um, but again, yeah, you know, some of these other guys, I think Elijah Mitchell came into a, I think he came in and, and seized the opportunity with all the uh, injuries that the uh, running backs to the San Francisco have. Or if the Niners have again year in and year out, they just have so many bad luck with in, uh, in, uh, injuries. I think Michael Carter was another interesting one at 100 to 1, but again, I think it's gonna be really hard for him to compete against the Najee Harris, Mac Jones, and Jamar Chase. 
Uh, with that being said, guys, uh, let's take a quick break here, and we are going to dive into Thursday night football. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of WinBet Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New, years, new users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it up to 200%. If you bet $100, you'll get a free bet of $200. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap has always always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a bet that you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break here, Rod. Week 11 NFL is already here and Thursday night football kicks off tomorrow night. We have the New England Patriots headed down to the ATL to take on the Falcons. I see a line right now of the Patriots favored by a touchdown with a total of 47. Uh, Rod, I know we have some injuries uh, for both of these teams, more so but at both at the running back uh, positions. Damian Harris missed last week, I believe, with a concussion, was it? And then uh, Cordero Patterson left the game last week against the Dallas Cowboys, with I believe, which was uh, diagnosed as an ankle sprain. Um, what are you seeing as far as you know injuries, uh, or if these guys are going to be able to go tomorrow night? And um, as far as repl- replacement players or guys that maybe look out for to kind of fill into those spots if these guys are not able to go. Well, so uh, all the reports basically are, are saying that these guys are both going to go. I mean, they're, okay. uh, everything I've seen so far is, is saying that it's likely to that both of them are going to play. Patterson, I think, maybe is more of a sure thing as he's actually got log-limited practices already. Um, and then, of course, Damian Harris has as well. Uh, he cleared protocol. So I think all, all systems are go for both of these guys. Um, I'd be a little worried about Cordero Patterson's uh, chance of re-injury. I mean, I know concussions, you come back and 
you take it a little easier, but I think a re-injury to an ankle is a little bit more than a, yeah. um, suffering another concussion right mm-hmm. off the bat. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably be a little careful, but I mean, if, if these guys practice again today, uh, for sure, then, um, you know, you definitely want to fire them up. I don't, I don't think there's any, anything stopping you from, from playing both of these guys. Um, I will say though, that if, if you are thinking about playing Ramondre Stevenson, um, even with Harris being in, uh, temper expectations, but he could still be viable in this, in this game. So, um, you know, again, his, his, uh, upside drops a little bit with, uh, Harris being healthy, but Ramondre Stevenson has been very intriguing. He actually did pick up the slack a lot last week and, um, and really did great things for the team. So, they may want to keep getting in the ball. I mean, we saw what we thought we were going to see in the beginning of the season from Stevenson after yeah. those those good preseason games. Yeah, that 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 running back group for the Patriots year in and year out is just always so good. They just do a great job of finding these running backs. Um, I wish they just did a better job at at least the wide receiver position, but that's a different discussion for a different time. Um, then let's just dive into these player props, Rod. Uh, I will give you the floor first here, sir. Uh, what do you have as your first uh, prop bet for this Thursday night football game? It's funny how we can sit here and prop somebody up all over the place, and then I'm, I'm going to like hit the dagger on him right now. Uh, my <laughs> first prop, my first prop is going to be Mac Jones under 23 and a half completions. Uh, it's it's pretty much even odds on the over and under. I mean, both of them are set at negative 115. Yep. I, I think, but these handicappers, man, did they do a good job of of setting these lines because it is tough to find one that that there's a lot of advantage on. Um, but the reason that I went with Mac Jones under is really because you look at the last, I don't know what, four out of the last five games. Um, and even going back six of the last uh, seven games, he had 23 completions against Houston, 15 against Dallas, 24 against the Jets, 18 against the Chargers, 12 against the Panthers, 19 last week against uh, the the, um, the Browns. So yeah. he hasn't hit this mark in a very long time. Uh, now, but on the flip side, Atlanta's given up a pretty decent amount of completions uh, to to the quarterbacks. They gave up 27 last week to Dak. Uh, heck, even Trevor Simeon got 25. Taysom Hill got another couple. Um, you know, so the Atlanta's defense is, has been given up a decent amount of completions. But Mac Jones just hasn't needed to complete the pass, right? He's, he's yeah. got Harris. He's got Stevenson. They've been carrying the ball for him, so he doesn't need that many completions. And I, I think this is a, a situation where they may find themselves up uh, or or in a very, very defensive-minded Thursday night game to where he's not going to need to complete a whole lot of passes. And so, um, yeah, I don't see him hitting 23. I don't see him hitting 24 completions yeah. in this game. Yeah, I think that that this is a great point where we were talking about you know Bill Belichick and the offense here is that I think they've also done a fantastic job of getting these running backs with Mac Jones to take some pressure off of his shoulders where he doesn't have to come out and throw 35, 40 times a game like some of these other quarterbacks have to do. Like They have the running backs to kind of give him that success, and you don't need him to go out and have 24, 25 you know, completions. Yeah, if your team you know falls behind early, like you know they maybe they did against the Saints in Week Three, and then against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in that um, much anticipated Tom Brady return to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, at that point, yeah, you probably do. But yeah, since then, like you said, he's only gone over that number once, which was against the Jets. Where I mean, against that pass defense, I feel like maybe you and I could even make a completion. But um, which transitions into mine, and I also have a Mac Jones prop here. 
And I'm going to take the under on his passing yards at 255 and a half, um, 255 and a half. And, you know, the, the Falcons pass defense has been subpar so far this season. And I just don't see, you know, Bill Belichick on a short week here having Mac Jones come out and throw the ball all over the field. Uh, Jones, like I said, he hasn't thrown for more than 256 passing yards. Um, Jesus only done that once over the last six weeks. I think that this is going to be another week where we see the Patriots will be run heavy, right? Damien Harris should be back. Still have Stevens. Still have Bolden. Um, so, again, I don't think Mac Jones is going to come out and fling the ball all over the field. So, I'm taking the under on Mac Jones over 255 and a half passing yards. Yep, I can I can get behind that. And it's only because this is an Atlanta Falcons defense that has given up over 100 yards of rushing per game over the last one, two, three, four games. So, you know, they are definitely exploitable against the run. Uh, this is probably going to, like we said, be a heavy dose of Harris if he plays and yeah. Stevenson if he does. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think Mac Jones is going to need to. So that, that kind of goes in perfectly, right? I mean, doesn't have 24 uh, completions, doesn't have over 250 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as, as you want Mac Jones to go out and, and be that, uh, super, uh, that Tom Brady-esque quarterback, you don't need it when you can hand the ball off to, to good running backs, and especially against a weak running defense like Atlanta. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the game plan for like Belichick is going to be, okay, let's, let's play the great defense that we have been playing all season long. We have three pretty good running backs. You know, when we need Mac Jones to throw the ball, we'll throw the ball. And I think that, especially it's just because they're on a shorter week. Like, let's go in there. Let's get the victory. We have 10 plus days off. And then we have two big games uh, coming up against two of the better AFC teams uh, in, 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 in the conference. And I think that, I think this is a very important game for the, for the, for the New England Patriots if they want a chance of winning uh, or getting into the playoffs, because number one, the difference between being six and five and seven to four, I think it's huge, you know, um, considerations for a playoff position. And then after that, you kind of look at their schedule where they have to take on the bills and they still have to take on the Titans after that. Those two games, possibly they, that they can, you know, maybe lose both games or, or split, but um, yeah. Uh, important game. I think that again, but the, the Mag Jones uh, under train here is strong to kick off our player props here. Uh, let's go to your next one, Rod. What do you got? Uh, all right. So this one kind of goes in line with that too. Uh, and it's going to go Nelson Aguilar under two and a half receptions. That's plus money at plus plus one twenty-five. Uh, look, you know, as much as we want Nelson Aguilar to be a thing, he just has not been that much of a thing. And especially last week, you know, it's two catches for 21 yards. Uh, the week before that in Carolina, didn't have anything. Uh, three catches against the Chargers, two against the Jets. I mean, he's only really caught more than two in the last few weeks once. Yeah. Um, so he's not trending in the right direction. Uh, obviously, he he can get some chunks when he gets them. Uh, but, you know, Mac Jones hasn't necessarily been looking his way because he's got Hunter Henry stepping up, uh, you know, and he's got Kendrick Bourne who stepped up last week too. So uh, there's other receivers in this receiving core that are actually doing things uh, to help Mac Jones. And the two catches for 21 yards for, for Aguilar are not helping uh, Mac Jones at all. Yeah, and I, I think that it's really been about Kendrick Bourne 
and Jacoby Myers. Congratulations to Jacoby Myers for getting his first touchdown reception last week after so long. Um, you know, Aguilar, it, it's it feels like like something is like missing with this guy. Like I don't know what it is. Like when he was with Philly, he dropped a lot of passes last year with um, who was he with last year? Was Vegas. the Raiders last year? Mm-hmm. Again, same thing. I mean, he he was a little better than he was in Philly, but there's something about like Nelson Aguilar that just doesn't like sit right with me. So even if they throw in the ball, I don't. I feel like he's not going to catch it. But under two and a half, I think that, again, Brad. I feel like that this is going to be a really a run heavy thing for the Patriots tomorrow, which probably means tomorrow Mac Jones is going to come down and just fling the ball all over the field. So we'll be looking, uh, we'll be looking like dopes when we recap it when we come back next week. Um, for my next one, I'm going to go over to the Atlanta Falcons side, and I'm going to take uh, Kyle Pitts. I'm going to go under 63 and a half uh, receiving yards. Um, you know, I, I know Kyle Pitts is is a big target and, and probably the leader in targets for this Falcons offense, but the New England Patriots defense is one of the best defending the tight end position. And I think, Rod, you can uh, probably uh, uh, validate this for me, is that um, – New England's Patriots defense against the uh, tight end position has only allowed 329 receiving yards so far this season, which over 10 games equates to 32.9 yards. But Patriots defense against tight ends has only allowed one tight end this season through 10 games to have more than 64 receiving yards. And that has been, um, I forgot who it was. I, I should, I wrote this down. I remember I went down to my notes on who it was, but it's only been one uh, tight end that they've allowed more than 64 uh, receiving yards to Kyle Pitts. I know he had two big games, but those were against, I think the jets and the dolphins was the other team, I think. But again, I, I, this defense against uh, tight ends has been really, really good. And I think that they're going to find a way to make Matt Rhinus offense beat them in another way and just take, Kyle Pitts out of the game. Well, what is Bill Belichick known best for, right? Taking away your best weapon or taking away something. And I think that if Patterson's not able to go, I think that he'll probably take away Kyle Pitts and be like, hey, Falcons, you need to beat me with Russell Gage or, or Mike Davis and, 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 and somebody else on this offense if you're going to beat us. So I'm taking Kyle Pitts under 63 and a half um, receiving yards. Yep, good call. Dalton Schultz was the one that yeah, Dalton uh, Schultz, got seventy nine yards against him on five catches. Yeah, and and again that was it. Like the Patriots have been really much a, a lockdown on uh, on tight ends, and as transition or as transcending, transitional as transcending as Kyle Pitts has been uh, on this team. Yeah, I mean it's hard to to fight against uh, a team that's really good against your position. Um, and I know everybody likes to say that Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver, uh, but you know, he, he's a tight end. I mean, that's, that's where, until they transition him into wide receiver, that's what he is right now. So, um, yeah. Kyle Pitts has been hit or miss and, and it's been a little more hit than, than maybe some people had anticipated, but, uh, there's been a lot more misses in my opinion, I think. He's dropping a lot of like catches rod. And I think this was a game last week where I was watching as the Cowboys where, it was the first quarter. I think it was their, their first drive that they had, and he dropped a pass that he probably could have taken to the house. And we may be having a different conversation about that game if he would have caught that ball, but I think it was either a second or third down pass. And those type of, like, drop catches could absolutely change the momentum of a game. So I'm thinking that, you know, um, I, I, he could get, you know, catches, but I just feel like that the Patriots offense – or, sorry, the defense will be able to limit uh, Kyle Pitts tomorrow night. 
Uh, Rod, let's go with your last one, buddy. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to actually go with another receptions one. And this one goes to Hunter Henry. I'm going to, I'm going to say he gets over uh, three and a half receptions. This is at plus plus one thirty. I think that the, the line has him uh, that he won't catch four passes, but uh, this one's just by gut. I mean, there's sometimes you just got to go with your yeah. gut, right? I mean, Hunter Henry has shown that he has, has been able to do uh, good things when given the opportunity alone without John Smith. Um, and I think last week he showed us some pretty good stuff. And I just, I feel like that train is going to keep rolling. Um, and, and this is going to be a short, uh, around the line of scrimmage type of a game for Mac Jones. He's not really going to take a lot of deep shots. He does it anyways. His average depth of target is like seven, just over seven yards, uh, which is perfect for a guy like Hunter Henry. So in those 22, well, 23, uh, completions that, uh, that, um, Mac Jones is going to have. Hunter Henry's going to at least have four of those. I think this is going to be one of those games for him. I agree that I was looking at when I was digging for these props, I feel like Hunter Henry, that, that he was going to be again, the stats. If you go to his game log, it's really been like, if he's had a great week and then he's not. And, and that's the difficult thing to figure out about the Patriots offense is that you just don't know who's going to step up in that different week. And it's almost like a crap shoot with it, with his offense, because it's been, especially with like the, the passing game, because, Number one, it's like, okay, you have Kendrick Bourne, you have, you know, Nelson Aguilar, you have Hunter Henry, you have John U. Smith, you have pass catching running backs. Like, who's going to be that that guy steps up? And I think that market reflects it really well because the totals are really low for most of these Patriots offensive guys. And I think that for, for Hunter Henry, I think that, you know, when he was with the Chargers, he was a great tight end. I think that maybe fantasy-wise with the Chargers, maybe a top five tight end. Um, but now with, 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 with the chemistry that I think that he's starting to develop every single week with, um, with Mac Jones, like it can go either way, but I've been a Hunter Henry guy ever since he's kind of came into the league. And when he was with the chargers, I think that, you know, Hunter Henry, definitely a red, red zone target. And I think that maybe you might want to sprinkle a little bit on any time touchdown for Hunter Henry. Uh, I really like that. Um, I'll tell you what though, Munaf, yeah, you, might, you, you want to get in on it now though, because as we were talking, I don't know if people listen to the, to the prop cast live, because <laughs> as I was sitting here, it went from 135 to 125 plus 125. So this line is moving guys. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be like before it gets out, but uh, jump on it before it moves some more. Yeah. Right. And then I think <laughs> that there's people listening. Like you said, we need to uh, <laughs> lock down our security. I, know, we need a, we need, I need a, maybe like we need to put up a firewall or something. I don't know what's going on. That's happened so many times to me on the NBA gambling podcast and on the prop cast too. Like I'm looking at a line and all of a sudden, like the, the, the juice have like, either the, the actual like projection has like shifted like half a point or half of something. And the juice has adjusted like right when I'm like talking about it. like, see like the screen, like flashing in front of my eyes. It's crazy. Um, for my last one, and I, I know we were talking offline that it was a little difficult to find, um, uh, player props for this game. I'm gonna throw out an anytime touchdown, and it's not gonna be anything glamorous. But um, if Damian Harris is able to go tomorrow night, I like it at minus one fifteen for anytime touchdown, especially when we get down to the red zone. I think you know he's the guy that's in the uh, in the backfield for the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, you know to to hand the ball off to and 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 get it into in, into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris at minus one fifteen. And I'll throw out a let's let, let's get a little DJ in here. Uh, let me see if I can find something that. Let's see here. I think John Smith at plus three fifty maybe worth a look. Again, this is all gut handicapping, guys. 
Um, like, like I said, it was real difficult to find some props for these games. Uh, so two, two, two guys for any time touchdown. Let's go Damian Harris minus 115, and I'll go Jonu Smith at plus 350. If you're feeling really frisky, you can go 18 to 1 at first. Uh, first touchdown of the game to Jonu Smith. That'll be my third one. Uh, probably nothing much to say about that one, huh, Rod? I mean, it's more gut handicapping. <laughs> nah, it really is, too. I mean, that that's one of those, like, well, that was my Hunter Henry one. I mean, it's basically like you just got to go with your gut. You got you to gotta go with what you think uh, is a possibility. And again, like I said, the line just keeps changing. So maybe I'm, I'm on to something because that line just keeps going down, down, down. Hey, we only have sharp betters on the propcast and and on the on the sports gambling podcast network. So definitely, eyes and ears are on all of us. Uh, Rod, let's take one last break here. We'll come back and we'll uh, wrap up the show uh, with a best bet. Any final thoughts? Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits, and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. Slick app and fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is because they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get into some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com SGPN. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All your all new users that deposit and use promo code SGP will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected number. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy guys. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see what hit the most or see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. 
Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io, that's SoBet.io today to join the revolution. The SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, uh, let's identify a best bet out of the couple of props that we gave here, uh, Rod. I'll give you the floor first, sir. Uh, the best bet for me, I think is the Mac Jones under 23 and a half completions. Yeah. I really do. I feel like that's, that's probably the safer one that you can make. Um, I know that the, the odds are not the best as far as what you would probably want to bet on, but, um, you know, I, I just think this is, this is where you're going to make the money. This is where I think yeah. you can, you can do it. Cause I don't think, I don't see a path to 24, uh, completions for, for Mac Jones in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign uh, that and also back it up with my under on Mac Jones passing yards, 255 uh, and a half. Uh, make sure to shop around for the best number because I was on with uh, Minty last week who took your spot. And I was doing a recap with um, with Dan the next day. And on my, on my post that I did for the website, I gave out Lamar Jackson over 234 and a half passing yards. And I have a couple outs, and and I said that there was one book that was dealing 240 and a half, and there was another book that was giving 234 and a half. So I took the over, obviously, on the 234 and a half, and he ended the game at 238. So I think that's a great prime example that, you know, if you have multiple outs, you have multiple books, make sure to shop around for the best number, guys. But mine right now, across the board, I see a 255 and a half mostly. So I will take the under on Mac Jones. Um, you know, for me, for Mac Jones, like for my – Ticket sake, it's like just don't get hurt and just just pile up the wins. I don't like just don't throw interceptions. Just pile up these wins. I think that uh, he'll give a Jamar Chase a run for the money, and you know Najee Harris between those three guys, it'll be a fun race uh, down the stretch here. Rod, any final thoughts, man? Anything else you want to kind of get to for uh, NFL? Anything that we may have missed? I I think it's a a pretty good, uh, I think we're in for a pretty good game on Thursday. I mean, this isn't going to be the high flying acrobatic game that we probably want to see, but I think it'll be a pretty competitive game. Uh, I know that my, my uh, primetime football chops have already been uh, satiated this week with the Niners big win over the Rams. So uh, this is dessert Thursday night, the new week. It's just dessert for me. I'm going to watch a game and enjoy it and not be stressful about it. So, so yes, I, I, I did want to get your thoughts on, uh, the Niners on Sunday night and how they looked. I mean, I think um, this was a team or the performance that they had on Sunday night against the Rams is kind of what we're expecting to see from this 49ers team all season long um, for this season, at least. No. Well, when I previewed the the Niners going into the season, I mean, I gave the win total, I think over uh, 11, like that was my, that was my prediction because that was exactly what we expected out of them. Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy Raheem Mostert was healthy. George Kittle was healthy. Like this team was back on, on track to pick up where it left off in, in the Super Bowl year. Uh, yeah. but unfortunately injuries, once again, mm-hmm. cut a swath through the team. Mostert goes down, Kittle goes down, Garoppolo goes down for a little bit. Um, and, and for whatever reason, they just ne- have not necessarily been able to live up to the expectations that they set for themselves, uh, the, the year that they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, look last week, I don't know if they caught the Rams flat footed, uh, but 
boy, they had a game plan and they stuck to it. I mean, they fed the ball to Mitchell and, and got Debo involved in the run game. I mean, it was this was the creative offense that we wanted to see as Niner fans all season long. And yeah. they finally unleashed it. I don't know if they were waiting to get down to do it, yeah. but I, I'd like to see something like that going forward. Obviously, you can't do the same thing, but yeah, this Niners team is, I think it's flipped the switch and, and we may be on to, to better things. If I'm trying to look at their schedule here a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of a tough one, but we got the Jags coming up. So that that to me is like, if ever there was a game that's a trap game, one, and a game to continue your momentum uh, at the same time, it, it's all wrapped up in that Jags game. Oh, I think that Jags game, I think you've got to have the same game plan that you do, that you had against the Rams. Just run it down their throat. And I think that, and I, I'm quickly... Uh, gonna pull up their uh, the Jaguars uh, rush defense. Yeah, I think it's. I, yeah, I mean it's pretty good, but so were the uh, Los Angeles Rams rush defense. But we saw what the the Forty Nines were able to do against them. So um, hopefully they can start winning some games to get on the winning streak and make that NFC West even more uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, we shall see how they do against Jacksonville on Sunday. Rod, thank you so much again, man, joining me on Thursdays as usual. Let the people know where they can find you and what you're working on, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you wanted me back. Minty's a hard act to follow, man. That's uh, Minty is uh, Minty is a a good. She's become a good friend of mine, and she's a regular on our show now. So, um, you know, it's 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 teamwork here. It's not you know Rod against Minty or Rod against you know or Minty against anybody. You know, it's uh, it's 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 been good for me to you know you know, doing all these podcasts and having like different guests on outside of SGPN. And again, like getting to work with guys within our network, like yourself and, and Dan and Scott and Terrell and just the list goes on and on. So uh, yeah, I had to bring in somebody, uh, somebody to, you know, fill in your shoes very nicely. And I hope, hopefully I did that last week. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, of course you can find the SGP and fantasy football podcast on the same spots that you get this podcast. Hopefully it's the SGPN app. Uh, download that and find all of us out there. Uh, just keep going on the sports gambling podcast network.com for my articles. I've got the uh, survivor pool picks. I've got the uh, Thursday night uh, DraftKings stuff and, and just whatever else they tell me to write, I write and it's on the website. And of course, twice a week, it is the fantasy football podcast. So make sure you're listening to that. Uh, yeah. As well as this. If the, I, I keep on saying this every single week is that if there's ever a time that you need to tune into fantasy football, like now is the time because now you need to start piling up these wins. If you're going to make that playoff push uh, for your respective league. So definitely again, check out the guys and Rod on the fantasy football podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. So make sure to get over to uh, uh, Rod's podcast. You know, he's had me on, uh, on his podcast a few times this season. So uh, I'm just kind of filling in over there, um, you know, just to have a voice so Rod can talk to. So, uh, but they're, those guys are the experts, but definitely check out the website, man. So much different stuff happening for fantasy football from, you know, guys on who to start a sit waiver wire pickups, injury reports, all that great stuff though. Those guys are doing an absolutely fantastic job uh, as they usually do. And make sure to download the SGPN app guys, if you haven't already, um, it makes it so easy for you to get our picks and podcasts, right? Get a little push notification when a when a podcast drops, so it makes it a lot easier versus having to go to your Apple and uh, Spotify uh, uh, subscriptions and, and subscribing there. So with that being said, guys, good luck this NFL Week 11. I will be back with Dan 
probably Friday to break down the Sunday games uh, and our player props. We did pretty good last week, and I'm sure me and Rod will crush it this Thursday night, hopefully. So uh, with that being said, good luck with your bets this weekend, guys. Till then, let's break the books off and let it ride.